Hi, welcome to the Bible Song Podcast. I'm Nate, and on this podcast I interview the Bible Song founder David Newquist about the rationale and craft behind his word-for-word setting of the Bible. Here at the Bible Song Podcast, we're all about making it easy for the church to meditate on the Word of God day and night. Thanks for joining us. Hello, and welcome to the Bible Song Podcast. Today is part four of the Matrix and Bible Meditation, and we're talking about exalting Christ. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome back to the Bible Song Podcast. I'm Nate, here with the Bible Song founder, David Newquist. Today, we're continuing the conversation about the Tower of Babel, and in particular, we want to focus in on exalting Christ today. So to summarize where we've been and maybe some of the early parts of the Bible, God creates humans in his image, and he gives them this command to spread out over all the earth to be fruitful and multiply. And as our, his image bearers, more of us means more of him, more glory for God. Obviously, through the fall, that, that all gets broken. Um, but the mandate doesn't go away. And when the people at the Tower of Babel say, uh, let's come together and go up, not out, and build a name for ourselves, not for God. They're doing the opposite of what humans were made to do. Um, and we wanted to talk a little bit today about how Jesus has the name above all names. And uh, part of what we're doing in, in spreading the Bible through the Bible song is exalting Jesus. So Dave, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, immediately when you said that, it did remind me of the Great Commission, you know, where Jesus uh, says after he's been raised from the dead and go into all the earth, beginning in Jerusalem, Samaria, the ends of the earth and, take, you know, teaching them to do whatever I've commanded you, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know, again, sending forth uh, the new creation, the new after the gospel has come and uh, the good news of the gospel of the kingdom to all nations. It's for the Gentiles, it's for the Jews, for the whole world. So he's kind of reiterating that, you know, uh, take that, that uh, message, extend me to the, to the four corners of the earth. And, and of course, when that's finally finished and the task is finished and we will wrap this up in Revelation. Right. I, I just thought the last part of that commission is that, uh, and I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. And in Revelation, was that you wanted me to read from Revelation the passage I'd been mentioning to you? Sure, why not? Yeah, I'd I'd love (laughs) to share that. Um, We were just thinking about uh, the Bible song and songs in the Bible. And one very famous one from Revelation 5, there's all these uh, people in heaven weeping because the scroll of God's plan of redemption, nobody can open it. Uh, Then one of the elders said to me, to John, who's seeing this vision, do not weep. See the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne encircled by the four living creatures and the elders the lamb had seven eyes and or seven horns and seven eyes 
which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousands times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice, they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. Talk about a Bible song. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. Sort of leaves you speechless, doesn't it? Imagining. Yeah, and makes you hope to be part of a song like that someday. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Peter says to the elders, uh, you know, shepherd the flock of God of you as a but he, a God among you, you know, telling him not to lord it, lord it over them, but he says, as a faithful witness and a partaker of the things to come. So Peter's confident he will be there at that time. And I think we can, for those that have doubts about their faith, you know, if you come to Christ and you, you receive him as Christ and Savior, Lord, you will be there. He'll hold you in his hand. And he says, no one can pluck you out of my hand. Hmm. Uh, so some people really struggle with doubting salvation and if you've honestly turned from your sins and given your light heart to Christ, just know right now that you will be there in that day. Your, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Hmm. And uh, it's the beginning of an eternity with him. So just, um, just maybe that was for somebody that's doubting right now. And they just needed to hear that. He's the savior. You know, he comes to seek and save those who are lost and, doesn't mean you'll never sin again some people maybe but turn from we turn from our sins we repent and we say lord help me and the spirit comes to help us live a sanctified life and changes from one from by grace to grace faith to faith glory to glory uh, he changes us over time and he doesn't show us everything at once that could be corrected um, because if he did like he said to the disciples, you know, I can't tell you everything now. The Holy Spirit will come and he will lead you into all truth. You can't bear it. You couldn't bear it if he showed you everything. If we saw everything about how fallen we are and how far, far, far we fall short. But he, he leads us and guides us from by grace to grace and helps us to see things about ourselves that we can change and 
be conformed more as we see him and glorifying him and see his image, what Christ is and all that he is. And we come, become changed more and more into the likeness of Christ. Hmm. So. I liked what you were saying about seeing Christ and who he is and all that he is. One of the things that stuck out to me from the song was the fact that he's worthy to open these scrolls because he was slain and with his blood he purchased for god persons from every tribe and language and people and nation we have our sin is so grievous and our fallenness is so low so fallen uh and yet he's willing to die for us to cleanse us from that and not only just to make us clean but to like install us in a position of power and influence and representing him says you've made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our god and they will reign on the earth that's certainly more than we deserve um and it's it's just a really beautiful thing that he would he would die for us and um one of the go ahead no you well and make us part of his body it's not a metaphor that we are the body of Christ. It's a reality. We are a bride of Christ. And we're his body. I mean, literally, Christ, of course, Jesus had a body. But he's the head of the body, Paul says. He's the real head, and we are really his body members in particular, each having its own part. And that's things that I, I struggle with because I have high hopes of, you know, having God work through me to do wonderful things. And, and just the last week or two, I've been just honestly saying, Lord, you know, whatever the, the constraints are that whatever for my life, whatever it is that I'm supposed to accomplish. I said, I said that again, I prayed this so many times, Lord, I don't want, you know, Paul says he, at times he talks about running ahead. I thought, well, running ahead, you know, mm-hmm. and it, Paul had a great ministry, but Paul was called to do a be apostle. Paul, servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand. And he's set apart for, for certain works, for certain things. Each one of us is set apart. He says, before the foundation of the world, God foreknew us. He chose us and to for good works that he prepared for us to walk in. So these prepared works, there's, there's actually things prepared for us to fulfill. And my big prayer is, Lord, don't let every one of those, and I pray this for other people too, and I pray for everyone that might be listening, that God will, will fulfill every work in your life that he has destined to be fulfilled, that you won't fall short of any of that. But then I also say, Lord, and I don't want to be stretching for more than I'm supposed to. I mean, I run ahead, try to do it on my own. I want to fulfill every work that you have for me to fulfill, please. And only by your grace can that come because I can't make it happen. But by his grace, he can take the smallest thing. He can, you know, the little boy with the loaves and fish again, he just bless it and he can feed thousands. He can take the small little podcast and he can just put his hand here and he can touch someone's heart that'll, that person will become the next Billy Graham and will bring thousands of people to Christ. We don't know, but all we know is we want to have that heart that says, Lord, you are God and you, we worship you and you're glorious and you died for us and we want to we want to bring you joy. It says, for the joy that was set before him, he went to the cross, endured the cross. And you know the joy that he was 
he was looking toward was this great family of, of sons and daughters, this great body, this bride. He, he was dying to redeem his bride, to redeem his body, his people that would be with him. And he, he knew this from eternity to eternity, but he, he could already see all of his people as he's dying for us. It says he endured the cross. And sometimes when we sing that song, take joy, my king, in what you hear. Let me, let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. I see him on the cross and I'm just singing it to him. You know, take joy for the joy that was set before you. You endured the cross. Take joy in seeing all these people that you redeemed will be with you. We thank you for that, Lord. No one else could have, many people have died for their Christianity and they've died for other faiths and for even wrong beliefs. But no one else died sinless and could redeem us from hell and from eternity separation from God and take us to be for eternity in, in heaven, the, the bliss of beyond. We talk about all these things with technology. This pales in comparison. It pales in comparison. You know, traveling to Mars, living on Mars and all this stuff, hooking up the computers and living in virtual reality. That's nothing. That is just absolutely nothing. Because God's, that's all stuff just in his creation and this space-time continuum. That's just one thing he just, ah, you should see what he can do. And the universes and the things that you will, one day in his presence, and you're going to go, oh, wow. Why did I not live more for him? Why did I live for these things of the earth? What's that song, you know, a spirit of, the things of earth are grow, you know. Oh. Yeah, strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. The spirit of the living God fall afresh on me. So that's what we pray for everyone right now. Spirit of the living God fall afresh on us. Mm. I'm getting way off a tangent, but I think it's a Holy Spirit tangent. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so a few other passages that we were thinking about in relation to exalting Christ. One was Colossians 1, 15 through 20. It says, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in the heavens and on the earth, visible things and invisible things, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things have been created through him. And for you hear my kids out there. That's great. I love it. It's real. Yeah, that is certainly real. <laughs> uh, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him, all things are held together. He is the head of the body, the assembly, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For all the fullness was pleased to dwell in him and through him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on the earth or things in the heavens, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Is the visible image of the invisible God, the firstborn of our own creation, the visible image.
And that, that passage there is uh, one of those early creeds that um, Paul was quoting that he, uh, we forget sometimes when we're reading the New Testament that at the time Paul's writing this, he, you know, he writes to Timothy, all scripture is profitable for reproof, correction, and all this kind of thing. When he talks about all scripture, he's talking about only the Old Testament. Hmm. They didn't have a New Testament yet. We forget that they didn't run around reading. Uh, this morning, we will read from the book of Matthew. You know, <laughs> they didn't have the book of Matthew when Paul, when the Gospels first going out. It hadn't been written yet. Paul's writings are earlier than the Gospels in many, most cases. And then these, so what they had was the Old Testament inspired and enlightened by, remember how Jesus is on the road to Emmaus? And this is, a, this is the first sermon I want to hear when I get to heaven. I've said this when the sermon Jesus preached on the road to Emmaus with the two disciples and he took them all the way from Moses from the beginning all the way through the prophets up to the Old Testament showing how it all pointed to him again we talked about he told the Pharisees you search the scriptures they all point to me well he explained all of that from Genesis through all the prophets you know the Old Testament oh I want to love to hear that sermon about opening up the scriptures and then they said that heart didn't the hearts burn within us when he was talking to us yeah. think about that that's that's what the word of christ that's that living word when we hear the living word of jesus christ and it's really the word and it's not just secondhand somebody teaching this and that it's the living word that's why we're trying to get people to to meditate on the actual word our hearts should be quickened they should be burning within us not every time literally, but you know what I mean? It should affect us. It should change us. And so this passage here uh, in Colossians, Paul is, the, besides the Old Testament, they started putting these thoughts uh, into creeds, into short little things like we have the, now we have the Apostles' Creed and all that, but they had their own little hymns. They're kind of like little hymns, and they probably chanted it or sang it or, or you know, like that. They were the earliest hymns of the New Testament. And so it's powerful. And I know I've, we set that to music and maybe we could listen to that. 
as well. But main thing I want to get out of it right now is just as you listen, uh, how it exalts Jesus Christ. Is, it says all things are summed up in Christ. It says through him, I think in the same chapter, there's all things. Maybe we can find that too and play that. All things are held together. All things consist. The universe is held together. And I'll say this again. Scripture talks about how Jesus says, apart from me, you could do nothing. And I used to think about that. And well, what he's saying there is, you know, uh, obviously people can do all kinds of things without Christ because they do. Sinners do this and people do that. And but what he means is, well, you can't do anything spiritual. You can't do anything of meaning and of value of lasting eternal value. That's what he means. And one day I was thinking about that passage and it was like, my eyes were open and it was like, oh, apart from him, we can do nothing. And it was like, he was basically saying to my heart, you cannot take your next breath if I don't give you grace to take another breath your life because it says scripture says through him all of the universe everything is held together it says consist of that word that literally means to be held together jesus is literally holding the universe together he's holding every life every creative thing this the planetary systems the galaxies the billions and billions of galaxies he's holding that together and apart from him if he did this And someday, the scripture says in Hebrews 1, the universe will be rolled up like a scroll. You know, he could just roll it up like a scroll. And maybe we can play that passage too, <laughs> a little divided up or something. Anyway. That's great. Yeah. Well, just to wrap things up here, one thing that strikes me as we're talking about exalting Christ is that the way he was exalted in, uh, I think it's John. 15 or, or 13, when the Greeks come to see Jesus, he talks about the hour has come for him to be exalted. Um, and he's talking about going to the cross, which is a very upside down way of being exalted. Humans, we think, I'm going to build something really big and put my name on it. Jesus thinks, I'm going to die like a criminal, uh, naked and, and beaten without opening my mouth to respond to my tormentors. That's his, his form of exaltation, obedience to the, the lowest place. And as we're thinking about how do we exalt Christ, there was one more passage, uh, Mark 8, 31 through 38. He tells us how to do this. It says, he began to teach them that the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke to them openly. Peter took him and began to rebuke him, but he turning around and seeing his disciples rebuked Peter and said, get behind me, Satan, for you have in mind not the things of God, but the things of men. He called the multitude to himself with his disciples and said to them, whoever wants to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. And whoever will lose his life for my sake and the sake of the good news will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? For what will a man give in exchange for his life? 
for whoever, whoever will be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the son of man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in his father's glory with his holy angels. So Jesus is coming back and he will be openly exalted with yeah. his father's glory. Um, there's a lot of things. Jesus asked us a rhetorical question. What will a man give in exchange for our life, his life? We give lots of things. We give our time to work. We give our time to church attendance. We give our time to uh, working in our community. We give our time to pleasure, to our families. Jesus says, whoever will be ashamed of me and of my words, um, the son of man will be ashamed of him. So for me, I know sometimes um, I think about wanting to fit in with the world, or I think about wanting to be accepted by the people around me, or I think about um, wanting certain pleasurable experiences, and just, I will trade my life for those things. And Jesus says, um, don't be ashamed of me. Don't be ashamed of the shame that you have to endure in order to, to follow after me. Um, there is glory coming for you too, if you can walk the way I walked and be, um, suffer, suffer for a little while in order that I can be exalted. There is one passage I just wanted to share on this subject of shame from Psalm 25. It says, to you, Yahweh, I lift up my soul. My God, I have trusted in you. Don't let me be shamed. Don't let my enemies triumph over me. Yes, no one who waits for you will be shamed. They will be shamed who deal treacherously without cause. Show me your ways, Yahweh. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. I wait for you all day long. This verse is one through five. It goes on like that, but um, just wanted to give an encouragement. If you feel shame around the Bible <laughs> or your engagement with it, like that's something to submit to God and ask him for the strength to, um, to carry on with it. So I, I pray that God would bless anybody who's listening and struggling with that, with the power to go to him and um, receive the strength to follow after Jesus. Yeah. Paul's, Paul says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, but it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes Jew first and also to the Greek. Paul suffered immensely for the gospel. And he did take up his cross. And uh, you mentioned uh, Jesus on the cross and the shame that he, he bore on that cross. And yet Paul talks about that instance. And it, you think Jesus is being shamed, but actually Paul says he was putting to shame and exposing the principalities and powers. They were the ones being shamed at that very moment hmm. because in his sacrifice in this place of total humiliation and sacrifice he openly displayed the satan's whole plan of evil and and the plan of the demons and the principalities and powers and he put he made a spectacle of them paul says hmm. through that sacrifice and as you said and you read the passage in and uh, we sang that in the 70s Unto thee, O Lord. Unto thee, O Lord. I lift up my soul. You know I that? lift up my soul. Yeah, it's a call and response. Unto thee, O Lord. Unto thee, O Lord. Do I lift up my soul? Do I lift up my soul? 
Oh my God. Oh my God. I trust in thee. I trust, I trust in, in thee. thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Wish we could have harmonized right there. Someday we will not do this. Hey, yes, we just did that on the fly. <laughs> we didn't plan this. <laughs> Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us for the Bible Song Podcast today. God bless you all. We look forward to seeing you for the next episode. Amen. Thanks, Dave. See you, too. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy the Bible Song Podcast, please leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to support the ministry, you can do so at thebiblesong.com or at patreon.com forward slash thebiblesong. Thanks once again. Have a great day.